0: Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show.
1: Today, my guest is Rory Henry. Rory has 15 plus years of experience working in tax and most recently, financial advisory professions. He's built a program, AFO Wealth Management Forward, that works with accounting firms to implement holistic wealth management services. Roy is a technology enthusiast at heart and is adept at finding ways to improve the client experience using technology to streamline tax, accounting, and wealth management services. He is the co-host of a leading accounting and financial podcast, AFO Wealth Management Forward. Roy's interviews include The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fortune Magazine, Accounting Today, accounting web and venture-backed fintech companies and nationally recognized thought leaders. Roy has launched Arrowroot Family Office and Gold of Financial Literacy Initiative to help, wait for it, wait for it, to help 1 million kids gain a pathway to financial freedom. The program is enlisting Fortune 1000 companies, athletes, entertainers, and financial thought leaders to bring resources and awareness in the fight to help kids in underserved communities. Roy has a bachelor's degree from UCLA and passed the series SIE, series 63, and series 65 security exams. Roy is an avid sports fan outside of work, plays golf, And here's the best part, enjoys performing improv comedy at theaters throughout Los Angeles. Now, before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. Offscript, Mastering the Art of Business Improv is available for purchase on Amazon, in paperback, and in Kindle. If you'd like to learn more about the book, or better yet, order a copy, go to offscriptimprov.com and order your copy just by clicking the click to order button if you'd like to buy 10 or more books please contact me so i can offer you a bulk discount you can reach me through my email at peter at petermargaritas.com remember to subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast episode with a friend i would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review of the show wherever you download your podcast from Also visit my YouTube channel, Peter A. Margarita, CSP, CPA, Biz, Improv, Virtuoso, where you can see previous podcast video episodes along with this one. While you're there, just hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any updates.
2: This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.
0: This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in-person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on-site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop.
1: Now, let's get to an interview with Rory Henry. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, and we have a guest today. And I happen to be on his podcast a while back. I can't remember the date. It's been probably a couple months now, don't you think, Rory?
2: Yeah, a couple months. Yeah, yeah, back in March.
1: And we had such a great dialogue, I invited him to be on my podcast. And Roy, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with me on my
2: podcast. Of course, uh, Peter. We uh, come from the same improv guru. So anybody who works with Jay Suko is a friend of mine. And so I am honored that you've invited me on your podcast to talk about all things improv and accounting and uh, advisory.
1: Now, before we go any further, when you say Jay Succo's name, (laughs) recently you've been adding a tagline to it. So I'm going to steal that from you.
2: He is the Ted Lasso of improv. (laughs) Don't you agree, Peter? I I love it. He he is is just a positive influence. Everything is uh, just uh, positive, uh, happy-go-lucky. He teaches improv in that in that way, yeah. but we don't go blue and we call it blue and improv and go dark. We just talk about, you know, the great things in life. He's just a phenomenal human being.
1: I think he needs to grow the mustache. I think he, he does. I, I think he needs to grow the mustache. We'll, we'll put it out there to him about growing the yes. mustache so he can be the Lasso of yes. the improv world. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of improv, and you said the word accounting and you're, you're a finance accounting guy. Yeah. How did you get involved
2: in improv? Oh, my gosh. This is a sad story. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody has those moments in their childhood uh, where uh, they get extremely embarrassed. And this moment happened to me uh, in the eighth grade, Peter. I was trying out for ASB president, which is Associated Student Body. And uh, I was supposed to give a speech, and I'm preparing for a speech, giving them all the things I'm going to do for the class. And my brother, who is a junior in high school at the time, says, Rory, I got some ideas for you. And just to give you some context, Peter, my brother, I looked up to him. He was, uh, you know, a Christ-like figure in in my eyes. And he was uh, a thespian. He was an actor. And he was going out for Jesus in Godspell as a junior at the high school. And to tell you how, uh, to kind of give you an idea how talented my brother is at the same high school was two other currently famous people one is america's father milo Vintigmelia. he's on this is us he's been on heroes and a number of gilmore girls a number of other shows and films he was a senior in the class going out for the same role jesus in godsville and then the sophomore in that class was mikey day he's on that netflix show is it cake he's also uh the lead writer on snl he plays don jr uh, on SNL, very talented comedic guy. So those are the three people going out for the the role of Jesus in Godspell, and my brother gets the role. So I'm, I'm unbelievable, right? My brother gets the role, and he 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 goes, Rory, we're gonna have you go on stage for your eighth grade ASB speech, and he says, I want you to sing Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. So what? And my brother's also in an '80s cover band. He's a phenomenal singer. Yeah. he sells out the House of Blues. Uh, in Southern California, 2,000 people. He's the lead singer. He looks like D. Snyder. He wears tights and everything. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no, you're going to do this. The crowd's going to love it. So, Peter, I go on stage. And I start singing, if I could stay. I can't sing a lick. And all of a sudden, the kids start booing. And I start crying, turn red-faced, and I run off the stage. And for 20 years, Peter, I could not speak in public. Until about six years ago, I took an improv 101 class at the Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica. And I said, I got to get over this fear of public speaking. And I took the 101 class, and I was horrible at improv. I'm still not the greatest, but I took the class and I took the six levels in total, and I became uh, an improviser. And I perform uh, on, on stages throughout Los Angeles, and I just love it. I think that it is a tremendous tool that you can apply life. And business principles to excel uh, as a person.
1: Wow, that's—I I mean, geez, that's a heck of a story. Uh, <laughs> I have to ask this question: Being an older brother, did he mean to do that? To be mean to you? No, was he, was he. No, sincere? he thought that
2: was a great idea. He thought that would be funny. That would be fun. It would be lighthearted. Your kids would like it. Yeah. He. Oh, he feels bad to this day. He. He hears that story. He feels so bad. He's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's like a Ted of a brother. He's just super positive. But he didn't know. He didn't know. He realized that. And he didn't know how much it affected me either until I told the story later on when I started doing improv. Mm-hmm. Um and Milo and, and Mikey, who I went to Saturday Night Live and actually went backstage, and that was quite an experience. Um and uh Mikey was there and I told Mikey the story, and he goes, No way, man, no way. Um, so yeah, so that's my improv origin story, Peter.
1: But okay, so you force yourself. To, to become a better professional speaker be a professional a public speaker yes right and you got what into something really uncomfortable into to them i mean just even if you didn't have that and you walk into an improv class with all this you know this fear this, this anxiety that goes on yeah. so your your level of anxiety is tenfold tenfold but what it was-, was it what was it that kept you to take six Wow. I mean, that's, I'm gl- that's the story
2: right there. <laughs> oh, I'm a glutton for punishment, I think, what it is,
1: <laughs> Peter.
2: <laughs> I like punishment. I like to punish myself. You know what? No, it's just it's like anything in life. One thing, just one step after the other. Yeah, I had a fear of going to this level, too, because you had to start doing characters and stuff like that. I'm a horrible uh, character improviser. I, I'm, I'm bad at accents. I can't do an Australian accent. I can't do a British accent. But that's also what makes it fun on stage, is trying to do an accent and being poor at it. So, you know, each level, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. Wait, no. For my own personal development, I need to push forward and push through and continue to do this. And never in a million years, Peter, did I think I would be talking to you on a podcast. Did I think I've had a podcast of my own? I've been fortunate to interview some phenomenal guests we've had on Economist from Vanguard. I've interviewed people from Fortune Magazine to the Wall Street Journal to Forbes, uh, I've interviewed thought leaders in the accounting professionals, as well as with wealth management profession. I, I'd never thought in a million years I'd have a podcast and being able to speak with, you know, uh, titans in in the professions. And so I credit all that to uh, taking improv and pushing through those barriers that, that you don't think you could push through.
1: God, I hear Suko's voice in my head right now. <laughs> I, 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 and this is what I think this is what Jay would say. You leaned into the fear. Yeah. And that's what improvisers do. They lean into the fear.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree. And I, and I think, what's that Ted Lasso line? Something along those long lines of like taking on a challenge. is like riding a horse. <laughs> if you're comfortable doing it, you're probably not doing it right. <laughs> you know? Right. So lean into that fear. Lean, lean into that uncomfortable. What makes you scared? You know, go to that.
1: So when you, when you decided to jump in improv, were you in college? Were you out of college? Were you?
2: Yeah, this was this was at my mid-30s. So this okay. was, yeah. This was uh 20 years or so, no, or more than that. No. 20 years since eighth grade? Yeah, I'm 40. 40, okay. I'm 40.
1: I feel folks, if you, if you watch the video, you take one look at him and go, man, he's well capped. I mean, nah. seriously, like, not does not, look, does not look 40 at all. Oh, thank you,
2: Peter. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, So, you, so you, it was was later in life that that you decided to get into it. I I hear that, I hear that a lot. Actually, I, 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 for the most part, got, I was in grad school trying to be a stand up comic, wasn't really good at it, but I learned how to speak to accounting audiences because it's like (laughs) the same thing. It's like crickets. But then somebody took me to an improv class. So, I had to be probably around the same age. God, Uh, when I got, fell in love with improv and, and, and just saw everything that it's, useful for it. i wouldn't be here doing what i'm doing today same things yeah. you said if it hasn't I have hadn't been that so if you if someone asks you what's the one thing you always remember about improv and try to apply every single day and i know this a tough question yeah, there's, there's tough so because so there's much. so
2: many good there's so many good there's so much <laughs> meat there <laughs> oh my gosh I, I i i think the act of listening is actively active the act listening <laughs> and dropping that ego peter and not having an agenda and really listening to the last words that are said i would have problems going on stage because i would have an agenda i would have a whole scene played out in my head and i would go on stage and my partner or teammate would look at me like a deer in headlights so we apply this to we have a family office here uh, i'm a director at arrowroot family office we advise clients uh, through holistic wealth management services, family office service services. We have a program that's educating accountants and CPAs out there on how to adopt our family office model or holistic wealth management, future facing advice. You know, and I always tell uh, uh, people we're working with firms out there, CPAs, that you know, actively listening is huge because you really can find out what a person's wants and needs are, and you should be speaking. of the time, maybe 15% of the time, it's asking those questions to finding out where they are. I'm a big believer in the platinum rule. You know, there's the golden rule, do unto others as you would want done unto you. I'm a big believer in the platinum rule, do unto others as they would want done uh, to them. So getting someone to to where they want to be. You know, I I read a great book. This is the other thing that changed my life. It's a book by Mark Golston. He's a UCLA psychologist and it's called Real Influence. And he talks about, Getting to someone's there there. And it's really empathy. And and improv is really empathy in the end. You're trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So it's finding out, you know, where they are in life, find out where they want to be, and then helping them get to where they want to be. And that's real, real influence. And, And we try to apply that into our practice and how we deal with our accounting firms and how we deal with our clients is find out really where they want to be, do that investigation. And, uh, and you can pro- you provide uh, proper advice to set them up for success.
1: That's key, active listening.
2: Um,
1: actually, I think it's Alan Aldo is, is quoted on this. Listening is the willingness to change. Yes. Real listening is the willingness to change. If you're not willing to change, then all you're having is a dueling monologue. And we see I, play that
2: played out every day. I agree. There's two uh, talking heads, right?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because
2: of the, the ego because
1: of the agenda, because of conscious and unconscious biases. And it is really hard to put those, put those aside, but, and excuse me, that's another dollar goes into the (laughs) jar. Uh, And if you can do that, it's amazing what you can learn about the other person. Yes. It's, it's, it's it's amazing. I don't, I don't know if this happens to you. It probably does people who I know will just come up to me and start telling me stuff. And when they're doing, I don't know why I told you that. Well, I know you want, cause you know me, you know, I'm a good listener. I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to let you go and, and, and talk and then chime in and then talk and then chime in, but not carry an agenda or, or a flag or, or whatever. And just be an authentic listener and an active listener,
2: be an active listener. You,
1: you get the same thing from your clients. You get the same thing from people around you.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. Uh, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think really where true influence happens is people just want to be heard mm-hmm. and they want to be understood. And so if you can listen to somebody with no biases, no ego, and have them feel understood, it's Maya Angelou's famous quote, right? If you don't care how much you know, it's only how much you care, right? So I think that active listening goes far in life, uh, not just in business, in life, in, in making people feel understood, listen to. And then from there, you can provide, you know, some type of feedback or add to give a yes. And to a conversation, uh, but coming in and, and providing maybe unsolicited advice is never the smart thing to do. <laughs> listen first, actively listen first.
1: If we could only get 10% of the population, I we'll would just say in the United States yeah, to become better active listeners, maybe you we'll would catch on. I, I think this is the one thing that, um, I think it becomes frustrating for us because we are such good active listeners and we can tell when someone's not listening. We can tell with, whether I'm on yeah. Zoom call, speaking face-to-face or whatever. <laughs> we can tell that they're not engaged in the conversation, whatever be the reason. And because of that body language. Yes. And, and being, you know, an, an improviser sees a lot more than other people see. Yes. I, 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 I believe wholeheartedly that we see things that, and experiences that other people may be too tunnel vision to see. And we see all this stuff.
2: Yeah. So in improv, we have the back line where that's the improvisers uh, along the wall, and they're not part of the scene. And you can see when an improviser has a good idea or wants to interject and they have a problem, they'll, they'll lean forward, that body language, lean forward. Or when you're in a scene with a, a teammate or a partner, you can see their body language. They'll be attentively leaning. I'm literally leaning forward into the screen to Peter right now because I'm actively listening and, and giving them the, the next best idea. But you can tell when something's not hitting with someone, they'll pull back. Like this. Mm-hmm. And that's in life in any conversation, right? So that body language is, are you is someone coming in in meeting you, uh, is it moving forward or are they moving backwards in
1: a way? And, and yeah, you know, I never thought about this uh, until I got into improv, and the more I started learning more about it, I started seeing that stuff. I started learning more about other people's body language. Yeah. And, and I can tell when they're nervous. I can tell when they're confident. I can tell when, uh-oh, they're confused right now. Uh, I, I can tell when they want to leave. Yeah. So we get the heck out. And, and someone would cool. they get
2: their feet, their feet are halfway out the door.
1: <laughs> absolutely. I mean they're, 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 their feet are pointed in one way or the other, not pointed at you. the a little yeah. body language, just look down real quick, check out the feet. Right. And if and if they're like this, they wouldn't, they don't care. They just want to run. Yes. If, if it's in that yes. shape. And and those skills come in play in our worlds of business. I mean, it's 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 the edge up that we have. Yeah. And it sets our businesses apart from others. I mean, you got to, you, how long have you been in this business?
2: I mean, I've been doing a tax accounting for 15 years. I, uh, wealth management has been a recent endeavor of mine. Mm. Uh, I fell in love with uh, this family office and this model and be able to provide clients with holistic advice. So not just tax accounting, or or financial planning or insurance planning estate planning, but really being able to look at their full picture. And I'm a big believer in technology, Peter. I love technology. I love innovation. I love new ways of thinking. That's probably why I like improv because I get to come up with new ways of thinking. Um, So I, I really, I love helping out clients looking at their situation in a holistic viewpoint and then being able to provide the right advice, pulling the different levers, of the different services we can we can provide to families and clients, and then setting them up for success in the future. I mean, I, I, I love to talk about this because this is something I'm currently passionate about, uh, Peter. Uh, we have a program that is promoting diversity, equity, inclusion through financial literacy. We believe that providing financial literacy to the next generation is vitally important to, to our society. We are doing these kids a disservice by not educating them on the foundations of finance. Seven states only, Peter, only seven require personal finance courses to graduate. We don't talk about finance. I mean, I don't, you may have Peter, cause you're a, a great guy, but do you talk to your kids or, or the, the next generation about financial topics like the rule of 72 or compound interest? I try to, try
1: I, I, I try, to. I, I've tried to work with my son with it, but then again, I'm dad. Yeah. So uh, as a member of the House of CPAs, we had a foundation, and we really that was part of our focus, and, and that was the reason why I joined the foundation and the society because yeah. of financial literacy issues. Because yeah, I agree two thousand percent with what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I mean it's been taboo. We haven't talked about this in the home, and kids who have financial illiterate parents or role models that you they know they're set behind. So you know we got to do a better job. Of providing kids with the foundation of financial literacy so we can set them up for success in the future. So we have teamed up with technologies to help kids learn about financial literacy in an interesting and fun way. I had Tanya Van Court on my podcast. She has an app called Goal Setter and she's promoting financial literacy through memes, gifts, and pop cultures. If you're driving right now, don't do it. But if you have your cell phone, I want you to go to an app store and download Goal Setter. I mean, you could download any financial literacy apps you put in the search bar, financial literacy. So go to your Google or Apple app store, where I'm impartial to this goal setter app. She's a female African-American FinTech founder, and she's promoting financial literacy through memes and pop culture and gifts. So she's talking about the rule of 72. She's talking about inflation through Chance the Rapper, a song like that. So every week kids get a 10 uh, question financial literacy quiz before they can unlock their allowance for the week. So it's these type of innovative ways to reach kids in with engaging content that we can help, you know, set them up for a better future. And especially reaching those kids in underserved communities that may not have those role models that that are financially literate or um, you know, or these, or they're not in states or, or, or places where they're getting educated about personal finance.
1: I love the I, And I'm going to download it as, as soon as we finish. I, I think what, one of the issues is because you said it's badapu to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of people who just don't get numbers. Yes. And and, and that's fine. I mean, uh, there's some stuff I don't get and, and that's fine. Right. However, th- there's, there's gotta be a way that at least we can start with a foundation and, and, mm-hmm. and make it, make it to a point that, you know, most people, you know, blank out. How do we make, how do we make financial literacy fun
2: and yeah. engaging yes. to
1: all ages, but especially to kids because the kids. That's, that's our starting point.
2: And that's the beauty. Of what I believe Goal Setter, if you download it, I mean, using memes, using pop culture, mm-hmm. I mean, she has stakeholders, uh, Chris Paul from the NBA, Kevin Durant mm-hmm. from the NBA, Anthony Anderson from the show Blackish, are, are promoting this financial literacy to the community. And so I, I think she's doing it and she's gamified the experience. She has a background at – ESPN, at Discovery and Nickelodeon, so she's making this content fun and engaging. I mean, we're literally we're sitting in a uh, literally in a technological revolution. These devices, Peter, these digital devices, mm-hmm. are we're able to reach the masses now. Mm-hmm. So and but we're in the attention economy, so we got to make things engaging, uh, right. for, especially for kids. They're inundated with information. With there's uh, so many different apps, TikTok, Instagram, all those apps. So we got to try to set up. Uh, an environment and make these make this content and get engaging, so they can start understanding at least these concepts, like what a credit card is, what compound interest is, you know, what a car loan is, right? What how to file taxes? You know, it, we're just not taught that in, in school. So and those are real world uh, uh, topics that we need to apply, um, uh, so we can you know set up ourselves up for success.
1: Yeah, I just had a conversation the other day. My son's uh, talking about getting a credit card, and I said, please don't take me wrong. You're not, you're not ready for a credit card. Well, you know, I got this great credit score. I said, you get the great credit score because your mother co-signed for that car loan. You keep making those payments on time. Yeah. Don't be late. And that's step one. Step two, when you get a job, a a, a real job, a, a paying job with benefits, then you can start considering yeah, get a credit card, but a credit card, credit cards can be very, very dangerous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember my first credit card. I got a free t-shirt out of it, <laughs> but that 30% APR uh, crushed me in college <laughs> Yeah, and I never wore that t-shirt. Uh, I mean, so, you know, I, I think technology is advancing far enough. We, we have peer, peer payments. We have uh, robo advice. We have uh, entertainment and education, edutainment that we can get on these phones. So I think we need to set this up for good. Now there's people like Tanya Van Court out there. Uh, Charles Schwab has an app that's teaching financial literacy. Uh, there's another app called Zogo. So we need to start using these applications, these technologies, um, and, and create the environment for kids to learn in. And then they need that encouragement from the families. We need to talk about this at home, in our community at large, and those of influences, those pro- professional athletes, those celebrities, to also promote uh, financial wellness. Uh, to the younger generation.
1: So What are you and your organization doing? I, obviously, you're promoting the app and stuff. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys holding uh, like like seminars or, or workshops? Well, I'm or spe-
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'm speaking at uh, at the Accounting Web Conference here shortly uh, in a, in a couple of weeks, um, talking about this uh, initiative DEI through financial literacy and its importance. And then we're helping raise money to get Fortune 1,000 companies who are donating stock to put one million kids in underserved communities. Um, you know, on a pathway to financial freedom, giving them actual stock that can be in their account and utilizing this app called Goal Setter so that they can start learning these foundational principles of finance. That's awesome,
1: man. I I tell you, I I, I kid you not, when we first started financial literacy at the foundation, and this is back in the early 2000s, we had this thing called Accounting for Kids Day. It was a board game. Yeah, yeah. It was was pretty much more of a finance game for these kids. And and the, the developer made it really fun. Yeah, and, and then actually one Christmas family came over and her, her daughter was young. And I said, so what are you up to these days? She goes, Oh, I'm learning all about finance. Yeah. I said about buying stock. I said, really? Where all this accounting for kids, they think. Mm-hmm. And now she's a grown woman who mm-hmm. has a husband, uh, no children right now, but she still remembers that story. Yeah. And, it, and it had an impact on
2: her. Had an impact. You're changing the trajectory of people's lives, especially these kids. So if we can do that and utilize technology and educate education in an entertaining way to to reach them, we can help change their lives. This is why I'm so excited about this, because I can see where technology is and I can see that the impact that we can have in kids lives. uh, We just need to get this in more kids hands uh, so we can set them up for success.
1: Yeah, I wish you would bring a little passion to this conversation. I mean, <laughs> you you're kind of deadpanned me. Uh, obviously, obviously, that's clearly sarcasm on my, on, on, on my behalf. But but it, it's that 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 passion that fuels us. Yes. And and I think you know, you, you you said that when you were taking improv, you, you didn't do well in character development. However, unbeknownst to you, you have created this character, albeit you. But it's that yeah. extra passion yeah. around that that it's Rory volume two or point two or whatever <laughs> because we all kind of we all kind of take on a different persona yeah when 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 we find that passion that we that passion. have passion and I think I think you've, you've got another passion you've already said it early on is you're there to serve you're there to serve your clients yeah you know you said you get an accounting and tax background but you know most people go I went into accounting because I'm really good with numbers uh, that's not the reason to go into accounting.
2: Yeah, finance. You're trying to help people's lives.
1: Bingo. You're trying to help people's lives. And yeah. if you can understand that in college and that's your goal when you get out yes. and have that
2: mindset, that's what the profession needs. Yeah. That's the servant mindset. And this is why I believe in, in so passionately also about providing clients with holistic financial advice. So not just that, that backwards facing the compliance work, we need to look at those numbers and we need to utilize technology to be able to set someone up with an estate plan, right? Or a guardianship. Think about all your clients who have kids who don't have a will. There's wills now you can get for $160 online. There's Trust in Wills, one of our partners. We we talk about them. We're passionate about their product. It's such a great product. You can get someone a will for $160. Set their kids up for if something happened to them, make sure they have the proper guardians. There's end of life wishes, there's healthcare directions. You can have, do an estate plan for $600. So setting up someone's family. In case of emergency, that's what we, we believe in this family office model. So it's not just about financials and financial planning. It's insurance, protecting the family, doing an estate plan, protecting the family in case something happens. So I'm really passionate about this future-facing advice. And I believe the CPAs and the accounts out there, those listening, are really the advisors of future. They are the most trusted advisor. They have all the data. There are some just best practices, some technology implementations away from providing future-facing holistic advice to clients.
1: And being articulate yes. what, what, when they when they advised. I mean, there's some there's some CPAs who are not as articulate and and they use the fifty cent words and, and they can see their audience gleaming over uh, versus those who are articulate who who can speak clearly and concisely about essence Those who have passion and, and want to move the needle. Yeah, and, and it's a learned skill. Remember. Roy didn't want to do any public speaking. I did that. <laughs> he did not. He not going to do it. it. <laughs> and, and he took it upon himself to put himself, because knowing that if you're articulate, that's a bigger piece in dealing with clients than just doing accounting and, and, and tax information.
2: Yeah. But I think CPAs and, and accountants out there, I don't think they give themselves enough credit, Peter. They just went through Navy SEAL training of changes with the PPP loan, with the EIDL, with the ERC, they are advisors. They yeah. deal with constant change. What other profession has to deal with this level of change? Every four years, a new administration comes in and changes the tax code. They are advisors. They just need to believe in themselves. They need, they're just a few best practices away from being able to provide this, this advice to clients. And look, I tell those firms out there, And and the people we work with, look, technology has advanced far enough. I I know technology scares some people, but you have a full workforce of admin, compliance analysts, 20 analysts that would be in the cubes right before, now in the form of technology that takes care of all of that. You're just inputting some data. And there's beautiful one-page reports that simplifies everything. You can provide that to a client and make sure that they're set up with an estate plan, insurance plan, financial plan, even if you're in debt. Right? Even if you're in debt, you should have a, a plan to get out of debt, and making sure you understand exactly where all your finances are going—that's important. So it's not only for those who have wealth; it's those who are wealth seeking, and that need to have their debt managed so they can have a better life for their family.
1: Absolutely, and and as you're describing that, about every four years, got a new administration. You know, I, I tell everybody if you don't think you're an improviser, you just went through the <clears throat> greatest improvised exercise called the pandemic. The pandemic. Right, right. right. The them. But accountants are really improvisers because they have to deal with constant law changes, constant law changes, yeah. standards change, and, and you've given me an idea, a different way of kind of approaching it with accountants. That you, are. I mean, I I can get people to
2: understand they're improvisers. Yeah,
1: but they the improvise every
2: at least every four years. Right. But they're every year they're improvising. But I want them to think strategically. Yes. About it. Not just
1: because I can navigate and adapt to different situations. How do I do it strategically in order to get the most for my client, in order to get the most for the organization, my family, yes. and, and the community?
2: Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. And I understand it's the need to be right. You're doing tax terms, you do accounting, yeah. you need to get those numbers right. But for all, like the good thing about financial advisors are we don't necessarily need to be right. Like we just we have a plan in place. Right. There's risk portfolios, and it's okay if we're not you know, right on, you're off a little bit, but it's making sure they have a plan and being empathetic and communicating that plan. This is the reason why you're in this portfolio. And like I said, there's so many great softwares out there that do the work for you. You have that uh, now. That's why our program, what we talk about is we're at a point in time where this wasn't available two, three, four, five years ago because technology hadn't advanced far enough. There's some great venture-backed technologies that we partner with, Betterments of the World, uh, that are now able to provide that compliance level service within a technology.
1: So well, let me just change the topic a
2: little bit. Do
1: you have any spare time? <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, what do you do in your spare time?
2: Oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> I mean, I love sports, Peter. I, I, uh, I'm a big Rams fan, so I'm super excited we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I, I go to, obviously, do improv. I, I love comedy shows um but yeah no i'm passionate about what i do we have so many initiatives and programs that we're working on and uh i love it but if if anything i just like to sit down and, and watch some basketball or some football or some baseball
1: we, we do have that in common and, and with the nba playoffs right now that that's yeah. keep, that's keeping me busy at night and and yeah i'm i'm kind of a little bit too much of a sports junkie i i i, I was very under average in playing yeah uh, all the sports but i that's kind of my relaxation is watching other people play at a level that I never attained to.
2: Yeah. Uh, my sister is uh she won a national title at soft for softball at UCLA. Oh and wow so she was the athlete of the family. My brother was the singer performer. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little bit of a mixture of both. I got a podcast and I'm a, actually a pretty good athlete. <laughs> I look good. <laughs> if I, if you shoot a movie, I actually look really good playing sports. But uh yeah, so um uh you know, I'm an okay athlete
1: golf?
2: Yeah, I play golf. I do. Uh, what's your oh, not very not very well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was match at match. one time a six. So okay. let's we're probably triple that now, Peter.
1: Yeah. Well, my handicap's my swing, so we can just leave it at that.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, Roy, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your scheduled. This has been a fascinating conversation. Uh we will post this on our, our show notes. We'll post about the goal setter. Download that app. Go we'll do it. Yes, do it. Download
2: place. it. But download get with your it. family, I mean, those kids will start, you know, doing their chores more, and you'll teach them about financial literacy. Um, I download it now. I couldn't uh, advise more.
1: And, and what's the, the woman's name who started this?
2: Tanya Van Court.
1: Tanya Van Court. Okay. Yes. Cool. Um, well, it's a pleasure having this conversation yeah. with you. We have to talk to the improv Ted Lasso, <laughs> and pitch him the idea. He needs to do a two day intensive workshop in L A. Uh, and I mentioned this to him. I said, "I'll come. Yeah. I'll fly. To, I'll fly to LA uh, as long as he's teaching it
2: and, yes. and
1: gets a good. I know he'll get a good crowd together. But,
2: but yeah. yeah, we'll promote it. We'll get a good crowd. I love it. I love. Yeah. I need some Jay Suco. I haven't talked to Jay in, in a bit, so I need some Jay Suco in my life. I get him once a month. And, and when, after I, that, you know what, I should start doing that. Start, yeah. start scheduling calls with him.
1: I I, uh, I asked him if he, if he coaches improv on a business I said, "Yeah, I do." I said, "All right, I want to hire." You. He goes, "Okay." And it's been now, maybe it was before the pandemic. So I think it was like back in 2019. Yeah. Every, every month I get an That's hour cool. of his time. And we talk about a variety of different things, but it helps. Yeah. It, it, it really does help keep that business side of the improv world yep. in my head. And I think he's also a part-time therapist.
2: He is. Yes, uh, <laughs> Life coach therapist. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, everything good to everyone. Everything good, right? Yeah. yeah. Part-time uh, social media guru. Yeah. Well, Roy, thank you so very much. I greatly appreciate your time. And uh, I can't wait till our paths cross. Yes. In person, that'll be a blast.
2: For sure. Peter, thank you so much uh, for having me on.
1: I want to thank Roy for sharing his passion of the world of improv and financial literacy. His financial literacy passion is a very noble cause. And go out and download the app that he mentioned in this episode. Remember, there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have, and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they obtain. Be a yes person. Thank you.
2: Like what you just heard, visit c sweetradio.com. C C-Suite Radio, Turning the volume up on business.